<laughs> Just so you know, <laughs> we went into the we went into the discomfort zone. <laughs> it was very cool. It was like and he started breaking out of the sweat. <laughs> Welcome to the Metacast. I'm Josh Anderson. And I'm Bob Galen. Yes. All right. With two ears today. I have two ears. We had a technology upgrade. We did. Josh Josh brought in a splitter and he splitted me and it hurt initially. For probably close to a year, Bob has had one. a microphone with only sound in one ear. One ear. Because I've proclaimed myself as the technology expert. He was the master, so he got the two channels yeah. and I got the one so channel. so I had both left and right ears. But being the servant leadership, the leader that I am, and being just sort of the, the, the team guy that I am, I took one for the team, right. the casters. And I then hope. I sucked it up and spent seven dollars. Seven whole dollars <laughs> on a split or something. I should have done like a year ago. There, there goes like sophomore year for your kids or something. <laughs> Was it yeah. <laughs> the poor kids? Yeah. So the kids are having bread and water for dinner for the next three yeah, nights. They've got a little lemonade stand out of the house. <laughs> you got to make up the shortfall. Kids. <laughs> I had to buy that damn splitter for Bob Gallon. They're actually selling Kool Aid today. Are they? Yeah. They were not selling Kool-Aid. They are selling Kool-Aid Oh, that is so cool. Yeah. Aha, pun intended. (laughs) So what are we going to talk about, Josh? Uh, We want to tackle frameworks and their sprawl and their misuse and misunderstanding out in the world. You know, I'm going to have trouble. So Metacasters, I'm trying to describe a picture for you. (laughs) So my friend and colleague, uh, my buddy Josh Anderson, has this red dude solution shirt on. And it's got this big head there with a big nose. It's the dude. And I'm just staring at the nose. And, <laughs> and I'm going to have a real hard time being serious for, for this Metacast. You want me to sit differently? No, no, no. You're, you're fine. Arms? It just looks like your head fell off your shoulders and <laughs> fell into your shirt. Also, so with my arms crossed. Yeah, matter? but it, you can't cover the whole head. It's okay. just too big. It's okay. it's okay. So frameworks. Frameworks. And their perceived silver bulletedness, if that is even... A word. They are. I mean, there's, yeah, <laughs> I'm stuttering. I have so much passion that's pent up around the framework. So I'm going to light the fire. Okay. This came through, Richard and I were discussing, he shared a video of Heinrich, I don't know his last name. Uh, Nieberg. Yeah, okay. Henrik Nieberg yeah. and another guy who's at, uh, not at Spada. Uh, so it was at Lego. At Lego. Yeah. So Lego in Sweden, and Enric is a consultant at Lego, and mm-hmm. then this other guy, Ivan or something, works there, and mm-hmm. they're both coaches. And it's about a one-hour video, mm-hmm. and they did an assessment of safe at Lego. Uh, is it evil? I think is the title evil? was. Yeah, right. Is it evil or something? And they joke in the beginning of the video that, uh, yes, it's evil, and now our, you know, it's a one-minute presentation, yeah, we're and we're done. And they and they threaten to walk off the stage, and then they come back and they start peeling the onion. So I I enjoyed this. You guys, did you did you view that? Mm-hmm. Okay, I did, and it challenged some of my thinking because Richard came back and said, "Hey, if you peel back the onion like that, and look at some of the operational approaches we have, it is very similar to some things in Safe." And I've always been anti-Safe and everything that goes along with it. What that helped me think through is that 
the parts about safe that I dislike are the um, corporateness that is safe and how and all the everything they do around certifications and re-upping and everything that goes along with that and then just selling it as a silver bullet that that's where people get into trouble and that's where you got fired up. I get fired. we started talking about. It's the certifications. I mean, they recently rolled out, but I'm on a certification in general rant. I'm going to write a blog post over the next month or so just mm-hmm. because I'm fired up about it. I don't know. You don't watch this stuff as much as I do. Right. But certifications are popping up all over the place. Uh, so the safe folks now have a product owner certification. It's an advanced. They call it an advanced product owner. So a safe product owner. So for a while there, they were just safe, mm-hmm. which is, I, you know, even though I'll, I'll rant against it, it was just safe. But now in order to generate more revenue, I guess, why else would you do it? Uh, now they have a scrum master. They have a safe scrum master certification and a safe product owner certification. And they, uh, How are they claiming that it's different than the other it's certifications for those it's, roles? It's advanced. It's safe. So it's, it's a, basically they just it's, – I think they use the, the A word. It's an advanced certification. And it's not just them. I mean I, I'm, I'm literally – one of my challenges for myself is to look on the web and find all the certifications. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not going to be surprised if there's like 50 or more Agile certifications – uh, and I just want to publish it out there, not that my voice carries everywhere, but just to say, is this, you know, what in our marketplace, what what in the actual manifesto justifies having 50 certifications right. as, a, as a baseline? And safe is, safe is one of those things. But coming back, our frameworks, you know, I don't think they sell it as a silver – they don't sell it as a, a be-all, end-all framework, do they? I don't think they position it that way. It gets waved around in the industry as a solution for anybody that's that wants scale to go it. safe at scale. Anyone who wants to scale in general. Right. Well, I remember you guys here approached me. So yeah, when I started, we were we were going safe. When you were when you you had you didn't have a. I mean, I think about this. Keep me honest, mm-hmm. but I don't think you had a scrum team at that time. We did not. So you didn't. You were you were forming a scrum team, mm-hmm. but you did not have a full scrum team. Not one, but but there was interest to go to save. It was decided before I got here that we were going to go save. Exactly. Yeah. So that's that's an example. That's a that's a dude solutions example of of sort of the wrong thinking, the wrong headed thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I think there's this. I don't know if I blame the safe folks. They don't advertise it that way. But anytime you have a people people are looking for silver bullets. Mm-hmm. Managers are looking for frameworks. Managers are looking for something where I can – can I install something? It's like a piece of software. Right. Can I install it? Like tooling. You know, that old – and it's that old joke, but it's the truth of, you know, I will install a project management tool or a PMO tool or, pro, or a framework tool, and that will solve all of our tracking, mm-hmm. et cetera. So what are you doing? The hard work you're, you're hoping to invest in the tooling to solve these really hard people and organizational issues it's like a silver bullet. Mm-hmm. And I th- and so it's wrong-headed thinking on the vendors. I think the vendors play to that a little bit. Not directly. Mm-hmm. It's insidious, but indirectly. But I also say shame on us. Like shame on whoever made that decision at the dude. Not real shame, but lightly shame. In the beginning, why would you install a framework without any need for it? Right. But it's because we're trying to do the easy bits. We're trying to install sort of silver bullets. And, I mean, I see safe installations out there um, – 
I mean, I, I have yet to see a successful safe install. Now, now again, I'm not discounting that there are some, but I have yet to see a resilient, multi-tiered, highly productive, highly efficient safe install where it's balanced across the organization and safe is part of the solution context and the value context for an organization. How much of that is safe's fault versus the organization itself? To me, that's like saying Scrum doesn't work because you did it wrong. I'm not saying safe is the answer, but in you saying that, I was thinking about all of the Agile transformations based but on a, just traditional Scrum that have failed, and then Agile gets a bad name. Oh, Agile sucks. But it's like you didn't actually do Agile. You didn't actually do Scrum. That is that is safe falling into the same trap. That is people trying to take a shortcut that if they had implemented it correctly, there may have been some hope. But they're doing it according to I – mean, I mean, what's different in safe that varies from Scrum? Scrum doesn't come in. Scrum doesn't – Scrum sort of instantiated at a grassroots level. You get certified, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But safe and, – and I think you know this. There's mm-hmm. different There's different classes, and they have different training. So most of the organizations that are doing safe – they brought in Safe for Leaders. They brought in the two-day safe class. They mm-hmm. brought in the SPC class. The organizations become self-training. Actually, when they're trained, they're doing safe training. They're using the materials that the safe folks have provided, mm-hmm. and they're going through it by road. And then their students can get recertified, right? So the SPC is like, I'm an SPC. Mm-hmm. I, I can, you are an SPC, I, I think, right? Probably. Uh, you, we could run that class. We could run. We can't do the, the certification, the SPC class, but we can run the underling classes, mm-hmm. like the XP, the Safer XP programmers or mm-hmm. the product owner class. We can run that and then shoot people to their site to take the certification exam. Uh, so they're, they're doing it according to safe directions. Uh, I, I don't think Scrum has that notion. To, you know, it's advice. It's it's much stronger advice. It's much stronger lineage. It is a lot more prescriptive on everything. And it is prescriptive on everything. So, so in Scrum, I mean, read it would be like safe is eight hundreds of pages versus the, the Scrum Guide is 18 pages. Mm-hmm. By being more prescriptive, I think you're taking more ownership of do it this way, you will gain success. Right. Uh, and if it doesn't show up, you're taking more responsibility. Back to your question, I mean – I, I almost want to answer it like 80-20 and 20-80. So I think it varies. So the organization, I would say shame on the organization for for picking safe um, and looking for silver bullets. Mm-hmm. So 80% of it is shame on you, Josh, if you go out and you get a tool right. and you think it's a silver bullet for your organization when you're getting paid to be a leader here mm-hmm. and, to, and to run decisions. So 80% of that bid is on you. But then I want to flip it around and say, but how are they marketing it? How are they selling it? How are they packaging it? What uh, Look at their uh, all of their uh, case studies. Are these really positive? And, they sh- and part of it should be, but they should actually put a failure. What was nice about that video is it wasn't a glaring success and it wasn't a glaring failure. It was something in between. Right. You won't find that on the safe site. You'll find these glaring, like uh, what is it, John Deere is a, a raving. They're raving fans and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it's a silver bullet. Um, I think uh, the, the other thing is consultants are hitching their wagon to it. Yeah. So a lot of consultants are, you know, they're selling safe, so that they're selling consulting and coaching. So they're hitching their wagon to it. So it's, it, I, I don't know. It's, it's. I struggle. I know I'm rambling, Metacasters, but I'm struggling because it, 
it's just the wrong model, and I see a lot of blood and guts behind it. And like I was saying to you, I have yet to see a successful installation. So I want to take safe off the table and just talk in frameworks at that level that I think a lot of frameworks, while created with the best intentions of, hey, we're trying to provide a playbook, a recipe of success, like even with a donut ourselves. Now, we we go pretty heavily to say your donut's going to look different than our donut. And you shouldn't do it the way we did it. This is just the path of how we got to our donut. So we're pretty sensitive about that. And even more sensitive since I'm in this Metacast talking about this. But I think what happens is that those good ideas, those good intentions of somebody had a success. So they want to share it. And it becomes something. It gets momentum. And then the consumers end up trying to find the easy button, right? Of give me the red button. We're done. Now I have a framework. Uh, people don't have to ask difficult questions. I can Correct. point to a chart, and that's how Correct. it's done. And that's the fallacy is that no two orgs are the same. No two products are the same. No two needs are the same. So frameworks inherently are flawed. won't work. Are flawed. They're, they're inherently flawed. I mean, and you brought it up. Scrum is a framework. Extreme programming was a framework. It wasn't, it wasn't, it was very infrequently talked about that way, but it was a framework. Um, of techniques, of tools. Uh, SAFE is a, a framework. D- uh, Discipline Agile Delivery. DAD is a framework. LESS, uh, large-scale Scrum. There's all these scaling frameworks now. Uh, there's metrics frameworks. There's maturity frameworks mm-hmm. of assessing your team's ma- you know, maturity. I saw someone just yesterday, uh, I wrote a product owner maturity matrix uh, in a spreadsheet form, mm-hmm. and I tied it to the book. There's a guy in New Zealand who now has a website. Not He's using mine, but this, a very similar idea. You get a spider chart. Right. So you fill in questions for 10 minutes, and he comes out with a spider chart, and it's his framework. It's his, it's his view of what product owner maturity should look like. Uh, and then it's, it has the follow-up. And email me if you want, and I'll give you some advice. And if you want more of that advice, I will gladly give you a statement of work right. and charge you for that advice. I want to say, do you think the money is the problem? So well, money's always the problem, right? I mean, that's what's created so many problems. So all the chart. So so if we were giving the framework, the, the difference in extreme programming, it was given, it was gifted. Mm-hmm. There was never ever a certification. So it what well, it is a framework, but it was gifted to the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't think of very many things, and there's so many things. Well, didn't Scrum start out like that? Or the Agile Manifesto? Yeah, I mean, Scrum, and Scrum, the Scrum Alliance, but they had certs early on. I think it's the, the early certs. I was certified with the Scrum Alliance in 2004, and it, it had a different connotation. I wasn't thinking of generating money. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of just, I was enthusiastic, and I was looking for, I went to get trained by Schwaber. I paid for it out of pocket. It was, it was, it had no financial gain. It had more sort of emotional mm-hmm. drivers. It had enthusiasm drivers, right? I was enthusiastic about the methods and I wanted, so it was learning. I wanted to learn more. But now I think uh, there's so much money tied into the certs, the scrum master, the trainers get so much money. And I think, so push it. That's what's happening with Dean. Why on got with uh, Leffingwell, with, uh, with SAFE? Mm-hmm. And I know I'm bringing it up, but I think in the general sense, that any of these frameworks, once you start pushing them with money, you start having to push. You can't just say, here, figure it out. 
what's my value? I can't charge for that. Mm-hmm. Here's yeah, a right. here's right. here's a framework. Right. And the and the and the framework is context based, so you have to figure it out. Please pay me for that. No one's gonna. They're paying me for the implementation details, right? They're paying someone. Why would someone say? Why were you sent to Safe School? Mm-hmm. It was the implementation. I'm trying to get ahead of the curve. Um, I wonder if the I think frameworks they're not con- so we're losing the site that everything needs to be context based and the money the revenue opportunity drives us away from that yeah the the analogy that works for me in my brain is i think of the open source world yeah so i go to github somebody's published a repo of a solution to a problem that they've had you can just blindly take that and use it but most likely it doesn't fit all of your needs so what do you do you fork the project and you make it your own. Right. And then you commit back and you share and everything goes into that. So I think if we could find a way to get these frameworks to work in a more open source model. That's a beautiful. And use that approach, then I think we would be more successful. But it's not open source, right? Because people are trying to make money. Right. But but you you just nailed it there. I mean, that was, that was a beautiful way to sort of articulate it. It's fork it, contribute back. Mm-hmm. Add value, right. grow it as a community. I'm going to use it. I'm going to get value from it, but I'm also going to give value back. Right. There's, there's no. It's, it's a monetary, uh, and and all the frameworks are, are that. I think that's what's driving all of the certifications. Uh, it's so it is silver bullets to some degree. Right. Right. Training. You have your certification. I mean, how many times have you run into? Uh, you've been you've been actually recruiting scrum masters here. Mm-hmm. I bet you run into scrum masters. Well, well, I'm a certified scrum master. What was the last book you read? I'm a certified scrum master, right. I, right? I read, you know, I was certified three years ago. Well, what have you done since then? Well, not too much. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, then you really, you have this piece of paper, but you don't get it. Right. You don't get the essence of Agile, that it's continuous learning, continuous improvement, uh, et cetera. So I, I think they're inherently flawed. Um, now, but it's really the business model. So that, again, I, and this is optimistic, Josh, right? I get blamed for this you, all the time. You are optimistic. Oh, man. But, but I do feel like people did it with the right intentions of they discovered a way to be successful in implementing Agile or whatever in the instance that they had. So they wanted to share it. Then people liked it and it gained momentum and then it turned into a business and then that's where the wheels see, start see, to I fall th- off. I think, it's, or, I, think, I think it's starting. I think Dean Leffingwell, and I'm not in his brain, but I'm going to judge, mm-hmm. right? I, I do not think that he had a – that safe in his mind was an open source – uh, sort of play initially. I, I, I can almost guarantee you that it was a revenue generation play. He was very careful, for example, about how he didn't subsume Scrum. So he talks about Scrum-like stuff mm-hmm. or XP-like stuff at the lower level with the team. So he didn't want to compete there. He wanted So he was very careful right. about how he encapsulated things and where he added his value on the scaling end of things. But he used, borrowed, stole <laughs> as many lean concepts as he could, mm-hmm. right? Like, he, like they used Kanban. So, so brought all the terminology together, packaged it. But I don't, I, no, it was not for the community. It was for revenue and gain, right? Now, not, now that's okay, uh, but it, as long as it's working. So mm-hmm. I could see entering with some revenue and gain as long as what you have this open source model where I, it's okay to make money. It's not okay to become like Johnny Rockefeller or something like right. that on the backs of the Agile community. And I think folks are doing some things like that. I, I think the money is, you know, the amount of money that you can make. What, what's, the, what's the reoccurring investment in certifications? You change the picture. 
you know, you add a few little icons to the picture, and now you can do what a three point one to four. I can sell four O. Mm-hmm. So you just you can you can play a lot of games with certifications. Coming back, I want to be fair. Uh, let's talk about what can we learn good things. So um, they're not context based. They're monetary machines. We need to stop installing them blindly mm-hmm. because they're not going to solve world hunger for us. But what can let's use cases as a, a, so a, a study. To me, I think you just proceed with caution, right? And know that everything's not going to be for you. To me, you have to really inspect. You have to inspect what they're saying and why they're saying it and understand how it fits with what you want to do and who you want to be. So never blame. So let's have some guidance. Yeah. Never buy anything blindly, period. Right. Whether you're small, whether you're large. You wouldn't buy a car like that, right? You right. wouldn't buy a car without driving. You wouldn't driving. buy a house. It's a stupid idea. You're looking for silver bullets. You're lazy. I know I'm exaggerating. Mm-hmm. But don't do that. Right. So, so then the second step would be analyze who you are. Mm-hmm. Do some self-reflection. Mm-hmm. Analyze your problem space. Analyze why. Analyze. Think about why you want Agile. What problems are you trying to solve? Would that be fair? Yeah, to me, that's... That's the one thing that Richard's really good about is that when we throw out ideas to adjust our process, the first question that he asks is, what problem are we trying to exactly. solve? What's broken? Exactly. And then we identify that. Sometimes, oh, it's not. You're right. Okay, move on. I mean, that's actually one of the things against these frameworks. If you look at the world that way, then where in God's green earth is the answer safe? Right. Right? We have a problem with estimation. Oh, Save. <laughs> we'll solve that. What? <laughs> right. What? Estimation is like 2% of save or right. 1% of it. So we're going to – we have an estimation problem and we're going to bring in this huge monolith mm-hmm. to solve estimation and we're going to bring all that 98% of the other baggage in with it. Sure, that makes a lot of sense. So, so that would actually be part of that assessment is not just ask why. But look at the why as a percentage of the frameworks you're bringing in. Right, and that's what we've really fought here and is at the essence of the donut is trying not to solve problems we don't have. Because those frameworks will try and solve everything for you so you never have to think. Well, that's that's why I railed against – I mean, and I shared this with you guys, with you and, and with the folks that were bringing it in at the beginning of the mm-hmm. dude or trying to bring it in. I'm like, you don't, you know not what – you know right. not what you're trying to do. Right. It's just we it's, – it's obviously too much. It's you don't you don't have a sense for your challenges or your problems. So that would be some prerequisite stuff. Uh, the other thing is don't. Even though I'm railing, f- there is value. I am. In all fairness, I, I'm going to surprise you with this. I have a blog post that I will uh, I'll publish with this metacast that talks about the good stuff of safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm sort of aligned with Richard and what I'm trying to think of. I didn't have a lot. And I was inspired by the the uh, Nieberg video, mm-hmm. just like you guys were. Right. And I was watching it. And uh, so the big picture, so j- just to be fair, to even-handed, I think the, the safe big picture is valuable. Right. Uh, having a big picture of what Agile, having a donut, right? You having, if you are a donut here mm-hmm. or having uh, grows or having a picture of what Agile we are, what are the aspects? I think that can be powerful, right. particularly at scale. Uh, terminology. I was. I thought that the, you know having common terminology, particularly at scale, mm-hmm. is useful. So if we say sprint, sprintinza, right? It, it then and we have uh, groups spread across the world. Everyone knows what a sprintinza is, mm-hmm. or at least it's, we have common terminology. Even if it's stupid terminology, it's common. So I thought that uh, release planning 
and I know you and I have debated this over time, but I think that whole notion of getting people together, uh, the PI planning, the PSI planning, mm-hmm. remember that event, that event of having teams get together and to plan their work together and to create a shared vision mm-hmm. and a shared commitment, I, I, I would say that's good. Agree. Right? Release train, the notion of a tempo that drives your organization. It could be daily tempo. I'm mm-hmm. not stuck, but heartbeat. Mm-hmm. I think that's good. So there are some things in SAFE. That almost they're almost universal practices, so they're they're safe for most right. organizations. Uh, those are some of the hooks I think that bring safe into organizations. Part of it should have in the confidence of peeling them away, and just having the confidence to say we're only going to do this, this, and this, and we can drop the other things. Right, and to me, that's where the proceed with caution comes in: is that you need to experiment with small changes, yeah. and evaluate if that change made a difference as opposed to if you just drop the whole thing in and you take it at exactly what it says to do and something's wrong, it's hard to determine which part's wrong. Yep. So you make the little changes along the way of, okay, we're now going to add this. Oh, that worked. Let's keep it. Right. Okay. So we're good now. Oh, we need to add this. Okay. Let's try that one yep. thing and doing a bit at a time instead of the whole hog. I would agree. Then you're in big trouble because when something goes wacky, it's like, if you don't what's merge, or it's like merging at the very end of the sprint. You don't know which commit you don't is know the what's, problem. You don't know what's causing it. Right. One of my, again, my biggest wines in save is I find that folks who went whole hog, and, and I have several clients right now as we speak, and they can't uninstall it. Uh, and I can't uninstall it. I'm, I'm, I'm not a great coach, but I'm not a chopped liver coach. Mm-hmm. I cannot uninstall so, so once you make a change, once an organization has sort of eaten safe mm-hmm. in all its ugly glory, then actually telling someone, oh, we're not going to do that part anymore. We're not going to do that part. That's another change. And people are resistant to pull those pieces out. So that's the, the big installs are really hard to unwind. Is what, what I'm finding is it's hard to deinstall it. Mm-hmm. It's almost impossible to deinstall it, like aggregated velocity. Folks get really enamored with that. Or let's say the leadership in an organization. So the teams know that it, it's not appropriate. It's not a current problem. But leadership in the, the organization now is enamored with that yep. because they receive safe training. Do you think they're going to let that go? Of course they're not going to let, let that go. So it's, they're, like, they're going to challenge the heck out of you. I would much rather like install little bits of it mm-hmm. incrementally and, and, and sort of take that approach than the Big Bang. It's, it's, it's uninstall. I have yet to see an organization, even when they're struggling with it, and they know they're struggling with it, unwinding it once they've done all this training. Uh, and, and typically in SAFE, you do a lot of organizational training right up front. Right. So now what you said is we're biting it all off, and everyone, everyone has a picture, and everyone has all the terminology, like release train engineers. Uh, they bite. That's one of the common things. We, we need to hire 28,000 RTEs <laughs> or whatever it is. We need RTEs now. Do you think the RTEs are going to uninstall SAFE? Right. It's their very job. to. I mean, one of the SAFE problems is it has roles. So the fact that they tie roles into it makes it really – it sort of starts coupling it to the fabric of the organization. Do you know what I'm getting at? I do. I do. So maybe that's another piece of advice is role being role – so any framework – that it defines roles you probably want to not run away from. What do you think? But not... I struggle because the base framework has three key roles, right? So you've got your scrum master, your product owner, your team. Is that good enough? I And then, do or do we need to start? Are you making the point that we need to start layer cake? No, I think that there, 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 there are... 
to me, I can't say that any framework that has roles should be avoided because the base framework that we believe in very strongly prescribes these three roles. Correct. So I'm just challenging that. I don't think everything. Well, now we have a release train. So, so, right. so again, so that's, if it goes real crazy, so right, we have a system. Yeah. So we have a systems team. We have an RTE. We have an RTE team. We so so it's very very prescriptive that way. Right. I, I get. I, I'm just. But I think you boil it down to the simplicity, right? The simplicity of Scrum. Right. We talked about how that was 18 pages instead of 800 pages. Correct. Trying to keep it simple and not have a framework that solves everything that could ever be a problem. Right. I mean, in defense, and maybe there's a follow-up uh, metacast, in two or three weeks, I'm going to Boston. Uh, so Schwaber has defined something called the Nexus. So it's so yet another uh, scaling framework. But it's very Scrum-like, and it's very Scrum of Scrum. It's very light. I, my perception is it's lightweight, and I want to go hear what he has to say about it. Mm-hmm. I, I think it may be one of the lighter weight, if not the lightest weight, of the frameworks, and I wanted to get the. It's a two-day class, and there's a certification tied to it. So I'll come back newly minted. But but the point is, I'm looking. I'm on the search for simplicity, mm-hmm. and I think what I've read. I think he's he's closing in on it. Uh, there's another framework called Less, a large-scale Scrum, mm-hmm. uh, from uh, uh, Boss, uh, Vodi, and Craig Larman, and I think they're. They're a little heavier weight because they bring in the notion of feature teams and they bring in the notion of they put a lot of emphasis on the product organization for building things out. So a lot of product hierarchy mm-hmm. or, or product focus. But I, in, in its essence, I think they're simple as well. Um, so, so maybe in a couple of weeks we could have another cast to talk about some specific frameworks or something. Okay. Uh, and under the banner metacasters of getting to simplicity – Right, not shoving something down someone's throat. That that's the thing for me is I'm always I'm a scrummer. Let's say I'm a scrummer. I'm looking for something to scale that's slightly above scrub, uh, instead of what's safe mm-hmm. or so slightly above it and then, you know, intellectually, you know, you, you just grab pieces of it and so you scale it in pieces. You you take an agile approach to scaling. I don't know if we covered this topic very well. I feel like we did. You think so? I do. So you're the arbiter because I'm just – I feel like I was railing on safe again. I, I'm throwing a bone though. I did write some positive things. I am writing some positive things about it. No, and to me it was less about – safe is the easy target. It's – Right, and what I wanted to get to was frameworks in general. Anything. I mean, Metacasters, it's not even the frameworks. It's anything in general where you buy it and, and you have a big bang versus an incremental – Discovery emergent approach. Discovery emergence. I mean, what Josh has done here with the donut at the dude is a discovery-based emergence approach, uh, if, if I can blow your horn a little bit. Mm-hmm. The other cool thing that Josh has done here is it's not emergence by the clueless. So you have a guy who has real-world chops who's guiding it. Now, he's not guiding it in a vacuum. It's not just based on his thoughts. But he's, he's sort of guiding it based on principles. And, and allowing it to emerge, but it's a guided missile. It's not sort of just right. a, a happenstance missile. And that's the other thing with the frameworks, and we've said this before in a Metacast, is if you're going to do save, get an expert. Get an agnostic expert who's not making money solely on save right. to help who, who has your best interest at heart, who has a good agile mindset, who has good experience in scale in a variety of frameworks, 
and then comes in and listens to your context, mm -hmm. which is what you're, I mean, you live in this context, so right. you, you can't help but be context sensitive, mm -hmm. and, then, and then guides it based on the context. So maybe that's another piece of advice for, for anything, scaling frameworks, tooling, uh, yeah, agile, our, our, agile methods, right? Yeah, one of our big approaches is the minimum viable everything. Yeah. So we took the lean startup and everything that goes into that in the MVP and just try and apply that MVP concept to everything of what's the minimum viable scale? What's the minimum viable bureaucracy? The minimum viable process? What's the least we need to enable the two things we care about the most, which are autonomy within the squads yep. and alignment? Yep. to make sure that they're at least running in the same direction. Exactly. And I remember I remember you say uh, right. saying that before. Cool. I I feel like we've covered it. So I'm 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 good to go. I okay. Think. Good. All right. So Josh. Yes, Bob. So how do folks find us? Well, you can find us at Triagile next week. So you could you could also look above Cary, North Carolina if you have a satellite and you might see this huge red <laughs> shirt. <laughs> if you scope in from outer space with a big dude solutions and his head on it. I will go outside for Google Maps and all their and imaging. Just, and, and just yeah. get imaged out there. <laughs> so you can look for <laughs> That shirt is just killing me. <laughs> so, so you can find us the way you found us. How else, Josh? Anything uh, else? So, uh, I mean, Twitter is your best bet. Um, cool. I am most responsive there. So at Meta-Cast, all spelled out. We have our website. Um, iTunes, Stitcher, everywhere we can put ourselves, we're putting ourselves. Um, and if you see us or you don't see us somewhere that you think we should be, let us know, and we'll try and publish it there Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. And rate us. So give us feedback. Yep. Give us your ratings. Uh, we, we, You know, you, if you look at the Metacast website, you know that we uh, diligently uh, react to feedback. Uh, our sessions, we tailor our sessions to feedback as much as we possibly can. So we walk the talk. Uh, we try to walk the talk to the best of our ability. So with that being said, uh, we welcome anything you can give us, and we hope you found value in this Metacast. The other thing is look back. Look back in the archive. There's a, there's a term. Look back in the archive and see if there's something that, back there that intrigues you. Uh, so, I'm, so from beautiful downtown, Cary, North Carolina, I'm Bob Galen. And I'm Josh Anderson. Shake. And bake. Take care, y'all.